I'm Kaylee. I'm Alan. And this is the Split Take Podcast. I'm too. I'm ready. You ready? I'm ready. Are you? Yeah. Are you actually ready? Is it the podcast? It's Is it the we're, podcast. We're, we're, we're ready for the podcast. We're ready for the. Come on, man. Get it together. I have it together. You make my life so difficult sometimes. <laughs> Speaking of. Speaking of making your life impossible. What an intro. To with, yeah. <laughs> I think today we should talk about how to deal with difficult people because um, I feel like I need it for my personal life. No reason. No reason. Just wondering how to deal with people yeah. that are... Just in case I ever happen to encounter one. <laughs> so let's just be honest. Do you do, do do I present you a challenge every once in a while? No. Honestly, you I don't either. have a problem with you. No. And for the most part, we've got the kind of rapport that if you're being annoying, I can just tell you... Usually it's... Stop, it's a, you're being annoying. It's either a, a, a terse... Just, yeah. Just quit. I, I I communicate with you in the same way, much the same way that I talk to my husband. And that yeah. when you get annoying, I'm just like, "Hey, stop it." Yeah. Or I'll just walk out of the room. <laughs> yes, going. I guess I must have ticked her off. No, I've never had that moment. No, you've never left. No, I've so, never been big mad. That's why we've been able to do this for a year without killing each other. We've never even been mad at each other. I don't think. If we have, I'm impervious to it. I'm just stupid, and I don't know that you're you're mad at me. So, have you got a cramp over there? What are you doing? I kicked something and got a freaking splinter <laughs> oh. in my toe. Oh, that hurts. That hurts. Right it here on like the podcast. Under my nail. I'm just trying not to say bad words right now. Poopy caca. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Fritz and schnitzel. Uh, my go-to is Rocky Road. <laughs> <laughs> One of my all-time favorite curse words from the 1970s. The old cheesy Battlestar Galactica. Network TV. Primetime TV. And how this made it past the censors, I do not know. Their phrase was, well, frack. I like that. I'm like, did, do y'all not hear what I'm hearing? I was like 15 years old going... You can say frack and get by with it. And then I realized, I guess you can, because it's, I don't even think it's, it's a word. Well, it is, because we frack all the time. Well, there's oil. frack, right. It's the same yeah, word. Anyway. I've, yeah. Anyways. I've got this fracking Anyways. list of things to talk about if we get on point <laughs> dealing with adversity. Let's, right. Yeah. So I've actually got like psychologist recommended mm-hmm. things. I'm going professional. Okay. We're going in. Today. I, I haven't even opened. I haven't even opened up the links that I've got because I want to just go with Klepper first. Okay. How do you so, deal so with? So you tell people? you tell me the adversity. What are we talking about? All right, let's go what, with difficult people. Are we talking about in life at work? Well, I kind of want to talk and, about both yeah? because that's you. You're going to deal with those. You're going to deal with your difficult neighbor differently than you're going to deal with your difficult coworker. That's what I'm saying. You're going to deal with a difficult family member differently. Mm-hmm. So let's start with, let's say you've got a difficult family member. How would you deal with that? 
Me? Yeah. By ignoring them? Same. Like, I, I, and I don't, I don't mean like being mean. Going if if I only see you on Christmas, and maybe Thanksgiving, and I really don't like you, I can just avoid you, and call it that way. That's the easy answer. I don't know if that's healthy or not. But if I'm only going to see him once a year, what's the point in investing a lot of effort into a relationship that I don't think I want in the first place? That's fair. The ultimate passive-aggressive style right there. I like it. If, however, it's somebody that's truly close, like a like a brother, sister, mom, dad, grandpa, grandma, um, try to either figure a way through it or around it without causing a nuclear meltdown. That's how I do it. I, I, I grew up in a family where, especially my dad's, mm-hmm. my dad's family specifically does not fight. Mm-hmm. They just don't. When they're mad at each other, they just don't. They just bury it? They just don't fight. Okay. Until they do. And then they explode. And then it's like yeah. a random burst of yeah. anger and then yeah. it's done and nobody acknowledges it. We just don't fight. The, the, I remember a particular incident in my family when I was a kid, this is a long, when I say my, I'm talking about our family when I was growing up, mm-hmm. that involved an uncle and an incident with an uncle and his nephew. And there was this thing that had been brewing at each family gathering between those two people for a very long time. I don't know where it came from. And, and my uncle is dead and the nephew is literally in his late nineties, he's still alive. So I don't have to name any names. They probably know what I'm talking about, but it ended with a gigantic, gigantic meltdown fight, like, like swinging, like fight, like a fist fight, like a physical fight, which led to the, well, that's the last time we're ever going to do this family gathering ever. Wow. And that was back when I was in high school and it never re we have, the cousins have tried to regenerate that family, mm-hmm. but it's never actually fully occurred again. Dang. It was like it destroyed an entire, like every Thanksgiving we would do this gathering yeah. that we no longer do because of that event. See, and it's my, weird, but yeah. my family takes a really passive aggressive approach. Mm-hmm. I'm going to share a little tidbit about my life here, real quick. I talk about my grandma. Yeah. So when I was in high school, I was one of those kids, you know, what do you mean the by kids, that? the what? kids that your parents were like, listen, I know you like them, but you cannot hang out with them because they are not a good influence. I you was, were the, you were the I bad, was a in- bad influence. I, man, you I, just described what my mom said about every girl I tried to date. Yes. Yeah. I Period. contributed to, um, uh, Marlboro pretty heavily like i I was a pretty heavy client of that starting at about 14 okay so you smoked when you were a kid i smoked when i was a kid okay we'd go we'd leave school at lunchtime we were not i was i was a bad influence okay um and i did that until i got pregnant with my first child i was a smoker Mm -hmm. Uh, when i got pregnant with my first kid i decided i didn't want to i didn't want to cause any harm to my baby i wanted to be around to see my my kids grow up so i quit well, before I quit, my grandma had found out I was smoking. And she sent me in the mail a blank CD with a letter attached that said, I want you to record yourself singing my favorite songs 
before you lose your voice forever because oh. you smoke. The passive aggressiveness borders on aggressive <laughs> aggressive. Yeah. I don't even think that's passive aggressive. That's just aggressive. No, that's grandma going, I'm sick and tired of dealing with this punk kid. We're going to fix it. I it isn't what it. made me quit. No, but, but she made her point, though. I did get a kick out of it. Yeah. And when I called her about it, she said, I said, wow, Nana, that was a really well thought out joke. And she goes, it wasn't a joke. Yeah, I wasn't kidding. <laughs> yeah. So my family deals with difficult people with the... Uh, Passive aggressiveness. Mm -hmm. Your family just says, no, we're not doing that. Well, well, no, my family, I mean, it depends on what part of my family because I've got a group of us and I've tried not to be, I I grew up being passive aggressive and I think I've grown through it, I think. But sometimes you, I don't know the difference between passive aggressive and simply ignoring it and hoping it'll go away. Yeah. Because sometimes it's not worth the fight. So I'm like, you know what, I just soon... When you that moment when you realize I don't even like you, like I, I I I don't. That's what I'm saying about yeah. the thing that that annual party where you may have like 20 people in the family that show up and you're like I only like three I, of you. I, I I well or even just like maybe there's just that one that I'm like you know what I am never gonna I so I I, I what I've graduated into as I've grown up is it's okay to not agree yeah but we don't have to dwell on that part of it. So let's find the common denominator. And if we don't have the common denominator, you sit on that end of the table. I'll sit on this end of the table. And I'll talk with this family. You talk with that part. That's usually the solution yeah. is I just separate it. And I don't think that's being passive aggressive. I don't think. But sometimes it's just not worth trying to solve. Yeah. How about coworkers? Um, I tend to respond it depends. with. Yeah. I tend to respond with crazy eyes. Mm-hmm. Like I'll just stare. I've learned to worry with current coworkers works really well. No. Yeah. And I don't mean it hatefully, but just say no. Instead of always saying yes and trying to be the good coworker, good friend, sometimes I've as I've gotten a little bit more experienced, I just simply say, I'm not gonna do that. Well, can you do it? I might be able to do it later, but I'm not doing it today. You're taking the dare approach. Just and, say no. And, and and I'm not yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying it's not this I'm sorry I can't do it. It's this, I'm not going to do it attitude. Not hatefully, but just going, it's not going to happen today. One thing that I have learned, I've worked a lot of jobs. Mm -hmm. And I've worked a lot of jobs in different um, industries. Mm -hmm. I think it's because I was looking for what I wanted to be when I grew up. Right. I wasn't quite sure. I know now. But now <sighs> that I've you know, had a little bit more experience, mm -hmm. what I have learned is that at the very beginning, you set your boundaries. Yeah. Because you teach people how to treat you. Yep. You teach people what you're willing to tolerate. So yeah, you absolutely. set your you set your boundaries in the beginning and you stick to them. Yeah. So if you're not comfortable doing a thing, you state that the first time it comes up and you don't waver from that. Yeah. I'm not comfortable with this. It takes a pretty strong person to do that though. It does. It does. It takes a lot of experience of getting uh run over yeah. to to gain that. Well, Psychologists actually define difficult people. Mm -hmm. They call it disagreeableness. They say it's a spectrum that spans from antagonism to agreeableness. Okay. Now, there are seven traits that can determine if someone is difficult. Callousness, grandiosity, which would be thinking that you're, you know, 
hot potato. Uh, aggressiveness, suspicion, manipulativeness, dominance, and risk-taking. So, these are, this is like, if you're thinking this person is difficult, this is the, psych- the psychologically supported test for mm-hmm. if this person is a difficult person. And there are some really good tools, especially in the workplace, for dealing with them. Number one is don't react. Right. I agree. I do this with my kids. Yep. When they're really having a fit, I told them I don't speak temper tantrum. Yeah. I can't understand you when you're having a fit. I don't know what you're saying when you're screaming. So I'll just wait. I care so you, I care about what you got going on, but I can't have a conversation. So with you, you don't like this. respond at all. You don't roll your eyes nope. out of anger and you don't say, Oh, I'm sorry, it's gonna be okay. You just don't I make respond. sure they're not do- gonna do something that's gonna hurt themselves do, or other people and I just let the Do you walk away from course. it or do you just stand there and give them the blank stare? I what so actually i have a good example for yeah. this because this happened yesterday and i showed you the videos of my two-year-old absolutely losing she her was, mind it was classic it was classic i sat in the room with her mm-hmm. quietly while she started her temper tantrum mm-hmm. she told me she wanted me to leave which i thought was funny but i i sat out in the hall and i shut the door and i sat outside the hall or sat outside the door in the hall and then i opened the door every so often to make sure she was okay but I could hear her having her moment in mm-hmm. I never got upset with her. I just told her, you know, I can wait. And then when she started wanting to slam the doors, obviously we've got a mirror on the back of that door, and I don't want her to slam it, break that door, <laughs> right. or make that mirror, and hurt herself. So I just put my foot so that she couldn't slam it, but she could shut it mm-hmm. if she shut it nice. And I we we sat like that for probably about 20 minutes while she had her little fit. And then out of the blue, she decided she was done. She was good. And we moved on. Yeah. And uh, apparently it works for coworkers, too. The, well, the greatest <laughs> thing that ever happened to me is a child. My, the coolest thing my mom did when we were growing up, my sister and I are like four years apart. And now when, now that we're really completely grown up, or at least age-wise as we are, that age difference is barely nothing. Mm-hmm. But when, when one of you is 10 and the other is 14... Or when one of you is six and the other one's ten. That's a big difference. That four-year thing. And we fought like cats and dogs. Yep. And she was my little sister, so I knew I I knew I wasn't going to really try to hurt her. At the end of the day, she was still my little sister, and I loved her. And but, but there were times that I really wanted to punch her. Yeah. And so we'd get into these, not slap fights, but like, instead, not punching each other in the face, but like arm punches you're fighting yeah yeah you're fighting like scratching and clawing and all that stuff and i remember one particular incident and the reason i remember it so well is is uh my mom looked at both of us and said i'm done i want you both to know and she's saying it with tears in her eyes quasi yelling i'm no longer going to break you apart have a great time but mm-hmm. take it outside. So we did. I'm like, I am going to beat my sister's butt. I am I am done. Here's my chance as the older brother to maintain dominance. I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. My little sister came out of there like a wolverine on steroids. <laughs> swinging and clawing and biting and scratching. And by the time we were finished with each other, both of us were bleeding. 
Yeah. We were bleeding like my nose was profusely bleeding. She had punched me so many times, and I had hit her and scratched her. I wasn't going to punch her in the face. I'm like, I'm not good. And and we just wore each other out. Yeah. Came back in the house a little bit later, and Mom's like, you done? Yeah. And this was the last time that I remember that we had that kind of fight. We fought until we were exhausted. Now, you can't do that with coworkers. No. But, um, but, but what you did with your daughter, that whole thing of just let it go. Yep. So, that's hard when you're working with each other, though. How do is, you how, how are you going to do that with me when I have a meltdown, if it ever happens? So the example here, <laughs> what it says here is it says sometimes difficult people act out because they want to rile you up. Right. So if you're having a meltdown because you're having a hard time, we're going to talk about it. Yeah. This is what's happening, and you're feeling this way because, and yeah. this is how you're feeling, yeah. and we're going to work through it. Mm-hmm. You and I are good enough friends. We're going to get through that. If you're right. genuinely stressed and having a meltdown, mm-hmm. it, it's fine. I'm not going to get worked up. We're going to work through it together. Right. But if you're riling me up just for a reaction, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not going to react. Which is more likely that that yeah. would happen. I'm, that, i got to be honest. You, you're not supposed to react because if you react, mm-hmm. there's a good chance that that person's going to repeat that behavior. Yeah. So stay calm. And try to ignore them. Move on with what you're doing and let them know that you're not concerned about their behavior. Someone who can remain calm is seen as being in control and that difficult person is more likely to respect you. Gotcha. Yeah. You can have your little freak out. I'm doing mm-hmm. mine. I'm, I got my own thing going on over here. I've got, I'm, I'm looking at a different website and this is a business website that's from the standpoint of how to convince people your side of the argument's the right one. Uh-huh. Yeah. The number one thing is find your sense of humor. Oh, yeah. And and that's kind of my wheelhouse. That's that's like, how I dealt with being in customer service mm-hmm, for so long. Mm-hmm. In fact, I volunteered at our church's uh, fireworks stand, not this past July, but the July before. Yeah. And I had a guy walk up to me and wanted to buy fireworks. Well, I suggested Roman candles. And he had two 11-year-old boys. <laughs> And he just ripped into me. Yeah, he I called me that. stupid. Yeah. I mean, he said, What are you stupid? You're gonna really sell that? And I just in his face laughed. I just laughed about it. Not not a hateful laugh, mm-hmm. but I just was like, Well, man, I'm just telling you what I would do. I'm yeah. just telling you we're in Oklahoma. Yeah. Be real here. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, they're gonna shoot him at each other. They're not gonna die. They're gonna be fine. And he just I mean, at the end of the at the end of the day, he still bought fireworks from mm-hmm. me. Yeah, I'm like, you're the moron buying the explosives, not me, dude. Right. He but. still bought fireworks from mm-hmm. me. He left not any angrier than he showed up, and right. I got a good laugh out of it. Finding your sense of humor is a good example. Nineteen eighty two. Eighty three. Eighty two. Quantico, Virginia. Staff Sergeant Wingator. I will never forget this man. <laughs> my drill my drill sergeant, Marine Corps. He's screaming at us. And I we're all at attention, right? Mm-hmm. And I moved my eyes. I followed him and I don't know how he knew he did it, but he spun around and he caught me eyeballing him, his words. I can't tell you exactly what he said. But he called every family of mine, every name in the book. Called, <laughs> called that sister that I beat up, tried to beat up when I was a kid. He started picking on her because they're trying to get under your skin, right? It's boot right. camp. And the sense of humor thing. Here I am, this college puke, young, and this and this Vietnam veteran 
probably decorated war hero because he was a pretty cool dude at the end of the day. But he's screaming in my face. He's literally touching me with the brim of his hat. That drill sergeant hat is hitting me in the forehead as he's screaming at me, spitting on me, just going to it, right? Oh, man. Every word that could never even be repeated on this podcast word comes out of his mouth. And I can feel my fists begin to clench as I'm standing at attention. And I'm thinking, I'm going through that laundry list, how to deal with adversity, how to yeah. deal with it. You know, this is, the, this is the 19-year-old version of me thinking, okay, there's multiple ways out of this. I could punch him, which is what I really want to do. And that's not going to end good. No mm-hmm. way is that ending good. Nope. Uh, I can cry. But there's no way I'm going to humiliate myself and let myself cry. Because you're scared to death, right? Yeah. You, you, you're, you're away from home. You're in the middle of the jungle of Virginia. I would have cried. <laughs> Quick, literally, that, that, that it's, it's Quantico, Virginia and, and Camp Upshur. It's literally across the field from the FBI training facility. It's in the middle of nowhere. They do top secret things there. So anyway, so you know you're lost, right? So, so you want to cry. You want to... And, and my brain is going, where are you going to put it? Because I can feel I can feel myself physically beginning to change. Like, I've got to do something. Yeah. And I literally, here's this guy screaming in my face. And I'm like, <laughs> and I just did that. That smirk, that almost giggle. Yeah. Because that's all I could do. I thought, I thought I was going to die that day. Yeah. When you laugh at your drill sergeant. I'm surprised you did. As he's screaming at you. The only thing I can say is it was it was because I was doing the officer candidate school portion. Had I been in the enlisted version of the Marine Corps as the early 80s, I probably would have never been here now. Because He just turned around and walked away because he couldn't technically do anything about it because it was officer candidate school, and they had a different set of rules even then. So, yeah. So find your sense of humor. Number that, What's the next thing that you can do? When you're dealing with adversity, uh, you can develop a rapport. Mm-hmm. It sounds counterintuitive, but it's actually pretty effective. Okay, you just take the time to get to know them, what mm-hmm. they like, what they don't like, what they're into, the way they work, and then you get a better understanding of them, and you figure out what makes them tick. Gotcha. When you understand somebody, you've got a better view of what's going to set them off for mm-hmm. starters, and if you show genuine interest and concern for your coworkers, it can motivate them to treat you with respect in return. Turn the, like if, if they're in the middle of a, they're obviously angry with mm-hmm. something, just stop and go, can we talk for a minute? Are you okay? Yeah. That kind of thing? Yeah. Like turn it around on them. Are you mad at me? Because if you're mad at me, I can deal with that. But if you're are mad you, at the world, are you world, feeling nervous? No, oh. I was thinking because I'm going oh, somewhere gotcha. with this. So yeah. So I find many times with my coworkers that that's it. Mm-hmm. They're not actually mad at me. They've had a, something's happened. Something's I know full well. I know my, I know and love and care about my coworkers a lot. We've worked together a long. You're the newbie. Yeah. After a year and so many and so yeah. many weeks. Well, and the yeah. other part of that is that it's hard to be rude to somebody when they're being super nice to you. Mm-hmm. It makes you look like a real turd. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Staff Sergeant Wingator. Looked like a real turd. The next day. Oh. <laughs> 
the next day he comes into the Quonset hut. You just imagine any Army, Marine, Air Force, Navy, Coast Guard, whatever movie you can envision, mm-hmm. the Quonset hut. Yeah. The aluminum building Quonset, right? With the bunk beds. Mm-hmm. And, 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 yeah, that's where I'm at. He comes walking through the door at a pretty quick pace. And everybody's free. When staff sergeant shows up, it's like God just entered the room, right? Yeah. Clapper. Yes, platoon sergeant, get your butt outside now. And I'm like, all right, here it comes. He is going to take me out by myself and beat the living crap out of me. Mm-hmm. I can, I know this is coming. I go outside. It's just me and, and, and staff sergeant Wingator. And he said, about those things I called you yesterday. I was out of line. What happened is he had been reprimanded. Whoops. Because he, it, it's a long story, but it, there's just certain things when you're when you're dealing with future officers, you can't do to them what you can do to enlisted people right. in every branch of the service, right? So he's literally eating crow and apologizing to me. And I, I'm standing at attention. He goes, cut that nonsense out. You don't, d- just look at me. I want you to talk to me. And all of a sudden, he's quit being a platoon sergeant. Mm-hmm. And I kept it up. And we're talking, this is the weird part. You had to talk in third person because you're not a person. You're just a being, right? Yeah. So it's all, and I said, this candidate doesn't know what the platoon sergeant's talking about. Because you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, what the, what I'm talking about is what I said yesterday. I said, this candidate doesn't even recall yesterday, platoon sergeant. Are you jacking with me right now? This candidate would never jack with his platoon sergeant. I just continued with this routine. Yeah. And finally he goes, okay, stop talking like that and look me in the face at ease. Talk to me. He goes, where are you from? And I said, I'm from Oklahoma, platoon sergeant. He goes, I'm from Kansas. <laughs> she said, you ever open a farm? And I said, yes, I did, platoon sergeant. He goes, me too. I understand you now. Get the hell out of my face. Nice. From that moment on, so he literally, because as you were describing that, yeah. he turned it around too. For a moment, he dropped his guard. He was like, okay, I got to figure out what this kid was giggling about. Mm-hmm. Was he giggling at me or was it, was it, because I think he thought he was, he had almost broken me, which he probably are, almost had. Yeah. But that moment, from that moment on, I would have died from for him from that very moment. Yeah. Because it was like, okay, I get this dude. Yeah. So I don't have, and, and I quit being afraid to. That so, helps. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next the next thing on the mm-hmm. list is to practice empathy. It's easy to lash out, and you've already covered it. It's just right there. Yep. Yeah. It's easy to lash out and mm-hmm. get angry, but if you look at it from a different perspective, you yeah. never know. You could find some common ground. Yeah. Work through it together. Well, do you find, do you find uh, in the common ground, is it, a, is it a common enemy, a common problem? A common goal, maybe. Yeah. And- the other thing is, and I've noticed this too, if I take myself and take a step back, I mm-hmm. do this in traffic. <laughs> I have to in traffic, especially if my kids are in the car because otherwise I get angry. Yeah. If I see somebody driving like an absolute animal, right? Uh-huh. They're passing people. They're yeah. taking in and out of cars. I just try to take a step back and think, okay, maybe they're having a really bad day. And if I honk at them, 
Uh, yeah, it's not going to help. It's not right. going to help their day. Right. It's going to make it worse. Mm-hmm. And when they get past me and I turn off, maybe they're going to get in a wreck because I've tipped them over from you push the button irritated too hard, yeah. to furious. So I let them in. My reaction right now, and this is an ever growing, this is a this is an issue for me in a big, big, big way. My my current state of mentality was people like that, and. And you know who you are for cutting me off in the McDonald's drive-thru and going when it wasn't your turn last weekend. Yeah. Saturday morning, just across the street. Not that I remember it. Wow. In the white van. Wow. Um, it was a white SUV. I think it was a, I think it was a Toyota. Might have been a Mazda. Not that you hold grudges. Yeah, dark hair. I remember you. Good grief. <laughs> I was so mad. And the whole time it's happening, there's a horn honking at me. And I can't figure out who's honking at me. Because I'm not making this story up. This is the honest to God's truth. As this guy obviously has ordered after me but decided he's going next in the line, I'm like, okay, there's one of two things that's going on. You're impervious and you're a moron, which is probably what it is. Or you're just having a terrible day. Either way... I'm taking solace in knowing that when you get up there, the person's going to tell you the wrong thing. Oh, yeah. I and love I that. roll down my window the whole time the horn's honking. And I'm like, who is honking? I'm looking. And I'm listening. And sure enough, the person said, did you get two sausage biscuits? And the guy goes, no, no, no. And so I'm like, yes, you see, you're a moron. Yeah. Do you? But do you know you're a moron? The guy can keeps looking back at me because now he understands. He knows. Whoops. And so I'm like, you know what? I won my own private war. I'm I'm good. Yeah. But the whole time, and, and see, that's passive aggressive. That's that is not, passive aggressive. I was not being healthy at all because the whole time what I'm actually missing out on is the person who's honking at me, which happens to be your husband yes. who was right behind me in the line going, why, why is Alan ignoring me? Desperately trying to get your attention. <laughs> he texts me a picture of my car and I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> but I really am trying to do road rage and I just, I am, yep. I try so. I find People make me crazy. I find if I let them in, and I just and I just do I my absolute best to be nice yeah. and to to think okay well maybe they're having a bad day let's not make their day any worse mm-hmm. it makes my day better yeah and it's impossible for me to be angry in traffic yeah you can't cut me off if I let you in that's right now so, I get that if I know what's coming it's what yeah but we're talking about food we're talking about food I'm good hungry grief and I've placed my order. I didn't get mad though I didn't honk I didn't do anything I really didn't I just quietly sat there. I have my dog with me. I'm just petting my dog, and I'm telling my dog how much a moron this person is. And she's understanding. She's listening. She's agreeing. She's right? empathetic. And she's going, who's honking the horn? But yeah. <laughs> All right. Number four. Okay. <laughs> Stand up for yourself. Okay. Um, this is for the workplace for sure. Um, just calmly and assertively talk to the person and let them know how you feel. This is where your just say no comes in. Mm-hmm. Let them know that you're happy to talk with them and work alongside them, but you expect to be treated with respect at work. Yeah. Which I think that's pretty healthy. I, I had a coworker one time. I remember this, and to this day I can't believe he said it to his boss. It, it, he he looked at this boss and he said, I know you're not talking to me that way right now. What and a I'm motherly thinking, thing to say. And I'm thinking, dude, you're about to lose your job, and you're 
you're admo- you're I don't know. I'm not sure that he handled that the right way, but that's um, that is the exact phrase that I use on my child <laughs> yeah, when she's yeah. getting a little too. I lippy. know that you're not talking to me. I I that one right there though, standing up for yourself and dealing with the adversity at work is hard because you want to, especially in a small workforce. If you're in a small office, you got to remain cordial. Yeah. And I think it goes back to the other point of asking them if they're okay. Yeah. I mean, it could be as easy as saying, I know you're not really mad at me right now. And then they then that opens the door of discussion. Maybe they look at you and go, no, you don't understand. I am mad at you right now. Fair enough. Well, let's fix it. What are you so ticked off about? Whose post toasties did I pee in now? <laughs> you know, so. And on that note, mm-hmm. focus on what you can, what you can control. Yeah. You can't control whether or not your coworker responds to your calls and emails. But you can you can control your response. Yeah. I tell this to my kids all the time. Her favorite, my oldest's favorite line is, in fact, she used it on me this morning. I told her, being grumpy is no excuse to talk to me that way. And she said, that's what being grumpy is all about. <laughs> and I thought it was funny. Don't get me wrong. That was real sassy. And I know exactly where she got that from. Yeah. But what I told her was, you can't control everything, but you can control yourself. Yeah. You can control yourself. Mm-hmm. You can control the way you respond to things. You can control the words that come out of your mouth. And sometimes that's all you can control. Yeah. But at work, you can always, if they're not responding to your calls and emails, you can always find someone else who will, mm-hmm. who will help you. So work around the difficult person and control the things you can. One of the greatest tools I've found is email. And, and if you have a problem with something that's going on, even if it's not, may, maybe not even a problem, if you're just having an issue trying to figure out the solution, is I send an email to the person that's involved in it, but I also send the email to other key people in the building mm-hmm. going, this is going on, this is broken, How can? Uh, what do you need from me to help you fix the problem? And I send it to all of them at once going there. Now I'm going to keep doing what I do. CCing the boss on yeah. emails with difficult people is probably the most effective tool. And honestly, Visibly CCing them. Or, or BCC. BCC, which yeah. Which is blind copying. That way the other people can't see it. That, but, but, And I say that because at the end of the day, everybody else's problem is not your problem. Right. But you're trying to figure out a way around it. So it might be slightly passive aggressive, maybe, but keeping the boss in the loop on an issue is is smart. Yeah. So. Okay. Number six mm-hmm. is practice self-examination. Yep. It's a really important skill to have, not not just in leaders. It is a leadership skill, but it's also important for everyone else. Mm-hmm. Take a minute to examine your own strengths and weaknesses, as well as how you interact with other people. Are you aware of your emotions and how they affect you? Are you aware of your behaviors and how you're perceived by those around you. Ask yourself if there's something you could be doing that might be contributing to the problem. So mm-hmm. really look at it and and think, okay, well, when I talk to this person, is this the tone of voice that I'm using? Right. When I am dealing with this person, am I doing things out of spite? How am I responding? How could they be viewing the way I'm yeah. responding? I, I think it depends on who's... As you listen to this podcast, it depends on what type of person that you are. Yeah. And I'm, I'm envisioning the shy, bashful um, kind of new coworker 
who has a boss or a coworker that's very, very open, outspoken, extroverted. Domineering. Domineering is the right word. I would say to anybody, the one thing that I've, as I've gotten more uh, experience, don't want to say that we're older, but each and every one of us carry a lot more weight than we think we do. Mm Mm-hmm. That you, what you don't realize is even that most domineering person in the in the room has a life outside of that room, has has a family, has a set of problems that because they're the boss probably can't talk about, and so maybe they just came to work, maybe their dog's dying, maybe yeah. you know what I mean, and so understand that you carry a lot more power a lot more weight if you're worried about that going who am i am i just this little i'm 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 the girl in the mail room yeah. right i'm the girl in the or the i'm the new intern that that's just in charge of taking out the trash if you can understand what kind of power you actually carry by just the way you the way you say things and talk to each other mm-hmm. cuz i'm just thinking about that cuz i've always perceived myself i never take myself too seriously Right. But there's got to be the fact that I've been here since they built the building. There's probably a lot of weight with that, even yeah. even for the because we've gone through several bosses even. Mm-hmm. And I never really kind of thought about it until maybe the last year or so that even 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 the position of being the on air dude and the goofball, there's a lot of weight there to the new person coming in who has to be my boss. Yeah. God love him for having to be my boss. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You know what I mean? And so I, I think stopping and just what you're talking, you're talking about the experiences, the stuff that the, the stuff that you carry with you, what makes you who you are, you can turn that around and use it to your advantage. Absolutely. And still, if you want to win the argument, if you if you're trying to win an argument or trying but but I don't think you should try to try to win it. You're just trying to solve it. Right. So, yeah. Well, another tactic is to treat <laughs> that person with kindness and respect. Yep. So my my grandma has always said, I pray for them to heap hot coals on their head. <laughs> yeah. Right? And it's yeah. it's the it's yeah. the church grandma version of treat them or kill them with kindness. Yeah, bless your heart. Bless your heart. It's a really effective tactic for dealing mm-hmm. with difficult people. Mm-hmm. There is not a single person on this planet who likes to be shouted down, who yep. likes to be told they're incompetent or berated. And that includes the difficult people. They don't like it either. So if you're treating this person disrespectfully like they're treating you, it's going to make it worse. Yep. You're going to be way more way more successful if you treat others the way you want to be treated. I heard this just this week. In fact, I, I'll tell you, I heard it on K-Love. Midday woman, whatever her name was. I think she's filling in. She goes, you know, it's hard to swing your fists when you're busy washing feet. Yeah. Same thing you just said. Yep. It's like, you know what? Just be nice. Just be nice. It's okay to disagree. There's nothing wrong with disagreeing, but you don't have to be a monster about it. This next one is my favorite one. Mm -hmm. This is the one I like to do. Don't take things personally. Right. It's so effective for me because I am am one of those people where if you're acting weird, like if you're normally super friendly with me and one day you come to work and you're just, you're obviously in a bad mood, I'm going to assume I did something wrong. So I have to actively choose to not take things personally. I have to remind myself that it's not about me. They're not angry at me. They're just having a bad day. And 
if we just if we just let it roll off us, I like to say like a duck. You know, a duck never really gets fully wet because of their feathers. Right. So you let it roll off you like water off a duck's back. Then oh, okay, you could have used butt, but all right. <laughs> well, I didn't want to say butt. We don't be offensive. I'm a lady. Yeah, you know. Thank you. Don't be difficult. <laughs> just don't take it personally. Just yeah. Let it roll off. If it can't stick to you, it can't upset you. Yep. All right. Establish boundaries. Okay. Dealing with difficult people means you sometimes have to confront them and establish firm boundaries. You got to do it with respect. You know, don't be hateful about it, but it you got to advocate for yourself yep. and and set those boundaries and stick to it and mean it. Let them know how you expect to be treated. Let them know you won't tolerate anything less, but also give it back. If I expect to be treated with respect, you can expect that I'm going to treat you that way too. It, it's a two-way sure. street. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The very last one mm-hmm. is like BCCing your boss on the emails. Right. Talk with your boss. Yep. If you've tried everything else on this list, mm-hmm. all of the other things we've talked about, and everything is failing, nothing is working, take it to your boss. Try the other stuff first. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not in the business of getting our coworkers in trouble. We're supposed to be a team. Sure. But, but, Let's but, talk about it. Let's try to work through it. If that doesn't work. You got to take it to the boss. But sometimes to go into the boss is not necessarily tattletailing no. on your coworker. Sometimes it's like, okay, you're you're this person's boss. I'm trying to help. What what did I miss? Can you give me some advice? Yeah. How should I? It doesn't have to be. I came in here to gripe and moan and complain. It could be I came in here to try to fix something. What am I not doing correct? What what's your advice? Yep. Yeah. Be prepared to communicate clearly with your boss too. What's bugging mm-hmm. you? And why it's not acceptable to you. Yeah. In some cases, you might have to have some proof, some a, a little record. So if mm-hmm. you've got like an email chain where they're being hateful or text messages or whatever, take that with you. If it's if it's gotten to a really unacceptable level. Yeah. Um, Just explain how this behavior is impacting you and your ability to do your job. Because at the end of the day, that's what your boss cares about. Yeah. Are you getting your job done? Yeah, absolutely. I, I have a list. It's similar that I was reading along with you as you were doing. Where did you get that list? What's that from? This list is from Management Training Institute. Okay. This one is from entrepreneur.com. Okay. It's very similar. Um, number one, find your sense of humor. We talked about that one. Be mentally prepared. What would you? What would your plan of action be if a crisis hit? That's number two. Just be, be ready to be wrong. Be okay. prepared to not necessarily... Number three, take stock of all you've been through already. That thing of 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 uh, try to feel what it's you know the things what of your it? past. Yeah. What you, you know what what doesn't kill you makes you stronger type of thing. Okay, yeah. you've got this. Number four, adversity actually offers valuable insight. Sometimes all the planning that you did may not be quite correct, and when you have somebody that's disagreeing with you, you may learn that there's an alternate course. Number five, make peace with the situation. Don't blame anybody. You're just trying to figure out a solution. So don't play mm-hmm. the name game, the blame game. Number six, embrace adversity as your chance for opportunity. This is probably one of my hardest. So you walk into a room, you have a plan, you got an idea a promo- of a promotion or of a thing, and, and the group of people just blow it apart. And you walk out of the room feeling empty and used up. Yeah. It's like, no, maybe maybe if you were taking notes to the things they said, you could end up with a much better product at the end of the day. That's right. Number seven, refuse to give up. Okay. But not, not, not don't refuse to give up your point of view in an argument. 
refused to give up on the commitment to finding a way forward. Refused to give up on trying to find a solution. All right? All right. Number eight, have a purpose, a crystal clear idea of why you're doing what you're doing. Number nine, keep a positive mindset. We've already talked about that all the way through. Yeah. Number 10, believe in your capabilities. Don't feel hopeless and powerless. You'll never be successful unless you enter it realizing that you are good stuff. God don't make no junk. That was a bumper sticker. Yeah, I like that. So, And the never give up one is interesting uh, before we wrap up on this. This comes from Michael Jordan. Uh, Michael Jordan says, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. On 26 occasions, I've been entrusted to take the game-winning shot, and I missed. I've failed over and over and over again in my life, and that's why I succeed. Yeah. Don't give up. Nice. Yeah. All right. I think this has been a really uplifting episode of the Split Take Podcast. You don't even like me. Quit pretending. What? Did I? I think I need to go have a meeting with our boss. Oh, no. And that is a wrap on the Split Take Podcast for this episode. Be sure and go back and check out all of our Split Take Podcasts. And by the way, if you have a complaint, talk to Kaylee. If you have a praise, I'll take that one.